guys, it's TJ Rao, and you're listening to Talks with TJ, a podcast about life and writing and being mixed race, and sometimes just whatever I want to talk about. So speaking of being mixed race, I'm actually half South Asian, half um, Irish American, and so my dad is from India. He's an Asian immigrant, and it happens to be the very tail end of Asian Pacific Heritage Month. So I thought a good way to celebrate together would be to have a podcast about growing up with an Asian immigrant parent, or like things you know if you grew up with Asian immigrant parents. So here is always to keep me on track and give me some perspective. Is Casey to say hello? Hi, everyone. So Casey's also going to be able to give me some perspective because both of her parents are Caucasian and live in America, grew up in America. So she kind of had the typical household and it'll help me to understand just how weird these things actually are. I pulled a few lists from the internet, like Buzzfeed type articles that are things you knew if you grew up with an Asian immigrant parent. And I thought some of them were funny. Some of them were just memes. So I couldn't really include those because I'd just be sitting here describing memes all day and that'd be awkward. So I actually just got about like 13 of them um, in a straight up list and I thought I'd go through and share my experience and Casey can tell me whether or not that is something that all parents do or it's just specific to the Asian um, immigrant parent life. Yeah. Sound good? Sure. All right, so let's start off. The first one is you had curry and rice for lunch instead of the Lunchables you wanted. All right, I have a lot to say about this, but before I do, Casey, can you give me some insight into what your lunches were like, like as a kid? Uh, Sure. Well, I'll, since they mentioned Lunchables, I'll talk about elementary school, because I went to a different elementary and high school. But my elementary school, uh, sometimes my parents would, like half the time they would give me a meal ticket to get like whatever the school lunch was that day. Or the other half of the time they would pack me lunch. So it'd be like normal, like, I don't want to say normal. Normal for me, sandwiches like turkey, BBJ, ham, gotcha, some chips, maybe a banana. Okay, cool. I did get Lunchables occasionally, though. I will say that. Were they everything that people imagine? Apparently. Well, as a kid, I was so ex- excited every time I got one. But like now, as an adult, I look back on it and I realize they really weren't that great. I'm gonna say the first thing that I really noticed about this, you know quip in particular is that the person says the lunchables you wanted so they specifically were like just super obsessed with like lunchables like that seems like their ideal lunch it wasn't even like i want american food i want a sandwich i want you know a banana or chips they were like specifically i want lunchables trademark you know what i'm saying like that's what it seems like they really wanted so that's why i ask if lunchables are really all that uh i yeah, I had Lunchables as a kid occasionally. It was very rare, and most of the time it was other kids sharing with me their Lunchables. But um, growing up, again, with an Asian immigrant parent, specifically because it was South Asia, India, I grew up very vegetarian. And so I would eat like the crackers and cheese sometimes from my friends' Lunchables, but wow. that was pretty much it. I did absolutely almost every day for lunch take a thermos and it would have an Indian dish called somber, which there's really no good American equivalent to this. So I'm going to say like gumbo, you know how you have like gumbo and rice. Yeah. So that's pretty much kind of what it was like a thicker, like soup type substance and then rice. And I would eat that for lunch. And I love somber and rice. It's one of my 
favorite food dishes on the planet. I could eat it all day. It might be my favorite. But, you know, because um, kids are mean, they definitely called me curry girl, like, all the time. But I... Honestly, wait, can we just stop for a second and do TJ's education corner? Which sure. I just just right now decided is a new thing da, we're going to do. Da, 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 it's TJ's history and education corner. So really quick, the person who wrote this said you had curry and light. Li- <laughs> curry and what? I almost said curry and lice for lunch. No. <laughs> that would be terrible. No, absolutely not. I've never had lice, by the way. I've been one of the fortunate ones. Well, but me too. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. We'll never get lice from each other. So, um, yeah, so... This curry thing, I just like to address this real quick because <laughs> da, 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 education corner, curry doesn't actually exist. Um, you were made to believe a lie. So basically, when the East Indian Trading Company, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of this because they were the bad guys in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Right? Yeah. So they were actually also the bad guys of half the world. So in real life is the cool thing. So the British colonized everybody because, of course, and when they colonized India for a very long period of time, they looked at all of our food and said, no, we don't want to learn that. We don't want to say the words because we're British. And so they called everything curry. So curry is not a real thing. If you go to India and you say, can I have curry? They're gonna look at you like, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a dish, it's not a thing. I know a lot of Indian restaurants in America will just say, you know, these are curries because they don't know what to say because this is what Americans have become, you know, adjusted to. But it's a total made up thing. The British actually got it from a um, really old French word that basically means cooking. So it's not, literally anything. I would just like to throw that out there. So somber and rice, I don't even know if that's a curry technically or what you would consider a curry, but that's what I had instead of Lunchables. And honestly, I have no regrets whatsoever, especially after hearing Casey talk about her Lunchables. So then (laughs) the next thing is your household has a collection of complimentary condiments like salt, sugar, and ketchup packets. Is this normal in American households? I mean, it's it's normal in my household. Your parents like also were hoarders of things they found at like Chick-fil-A. Yeah, if they had extra, they would just put it like in the fridge or in a drawer. Okay, I feel like I've seen a lot of my American friends' parents do this. Yeah. I feel like I do this, but I didn't know, but I have my dad, man, he would take those condiments and he would (laughs) hoard them for years. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, he'd forget about them half the time. And it was like, we don't even put mustard on anything. We eat curry, (laughs) trademark. No, but um, yeah, so it was just really like, it was really weird. But I I think that's like kind of like an overall thing. You know what I'm saying? It might not, it might not just be an Asian immigrant parent thing. So number three, um, when you left for college, your parent or parents got you your very own rice cooker. So a quick story time. When I was first leaving for college, I had this checklist um, of things that I wanted to get. I wanted, you know, new sheets. I wanted a alarm clock or decorations, a new attitude to get rid of my bangs, you know? <laughs> so I go to Bath and Body Works. Bath and Body Works? I feel like that's not correct. Isn't no, that like a that's, that's perfume the, store? Yeah, and the lotion and Okay, well, I did not go there. <laughs> Maybe I did. Yeah, no, I uh, went to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. That's what it's called. It's that big one, right? Yeah. So I went to Bed Bath & Beyond, 
and with my dad to get all the things on my checklist. And I am determined to get all these things. He walks straight for the kitchen appliances and I'm sitting there and I say, dad, hey, we were supposed to go get, you know, whatever we were supposed to get first, probably rid of my bangs. But I was like, we're supposed to get whatever we're supposed to get first. And he's like, no, we need to get you a rice cooker. It's so important. It's like an essential item. And at this point, I had been very much so, you know, called curry girl for all these years. So I was like, nah, like I'm going to go to an American college and I'm going to eat all the American food in the dining hall and it's going to be incredible. I don't need a rice cooker. I'm not going to make rice anymore. That's, you know, no thanks. So I go to college thinking my dad's kind of nuts. And I tell you what, guys, you know what they serve in the dining hall? Pizza and disease. Like, it's just like, and it's not even good pizza. It's like, three-day-old diseased pizza like it's just terrible and I was so sad and I was like where's my somber and rice you know thankfully I had my handy rice cooker but I'm just saying if an entire country made it their staple food it's got to be pretty decent there's a lot you can do with rice so don't knock rice cookers you guys but yeah my dad I'm very thankful that he got me that rice cooker because it saved my life genuinely so the next thing is their normal voice sounds like they're yelling I, okay, I know that this is a huge stereotype and <laughs> about how immigrant parents, like especially immig Asian immigrant parents, like are always yelling, but it's just their normal talking voice. But my dad is actually deaf in one ear, so I can't tell if he just yells all the time because he can't hear or if like he's actually just like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do your parents like, do they talk at a loud volume? No. Okay, so maybe, and, it, yeah. But also, I had a childhood friend whose parents were from India as well, like your dad. Okay. And they were very soft-spoken. Really? Yeah. Okay, so they're shattering that stereotype, and my half-dead dad is not. Dead? dead? Oh, Deaf. No. Deaf dad. I'm, oh my gosh, my dad's going to hear this. And be like, He's alive. <laughs> dad, I really hope you're not listening to this podcast. He's alive, everyone. Okay, so, <laughs> ooh. So his half, my half-deaf dad. Yes. Wow, that was a really hard like Mr. thing to say yeah. I don't know if it's because I speak these languages that it was hard but it was very difficult so the next one we're going to pretend I didn't say any of that and go on to the next one and it's certain foods were deemed magic and would make you taller smarter and your skin clearer this is not even a stereotype this is absolutely accurate in every way <laughs> I don't know about other really? Asian is it, is it true? yes I don't know about other Asian countries um, but my dad and like his family were always like when I was growing up it was turmeric like turmeric was the end all be all yeah. it was like your skin broke out turmeric like you are not intelligent turmeric you are sick turmeric your legs cut off turmeric oh. so I'm just saying regrow a leg yeah regrow <laughs> a leg with turmeric milk uh I'm just saying turmeric was a very big household staple and now it's actually gotten taken over by popular media i can't tell you how many times i go on instagram and i see a girl putting turmeric all over her face yeah I definitely that i'm too. like is this my dad did he tell her to do this anyway <laughs> but i think that a lot of asian countries actually do have their own like staple thing because when i grew up i had a couple of friends whose parents were chinese immigrants mm -hmm. and their thing at least at the time that i was friends with them was ginger like their parents would make them you know drink a lot of ginger tea and like gotcha. and like they every time they were sick it was like ginger you know mm -hmm. so i've got to believe that 
there is like one specific thing Asian households just decide is magic. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next thing is it became a habit for you to take your shoes off at any doorstep. This was actually surprising to me because I thought this was just an Indian thing for the longest time because I would get yelled at if I didn't take my shoes off every single time I walked into someone's house. Even other like Indian immigrants that my parents were friends with, they'd be like, take your shoes off. Like, make sure you take your shoes off. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. I would hear it constantly. And you know, if I didn't take my shoes off, I'd get punished. Like I'd get my curry TM taken away, you know? And so it was like really hard. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just going to keep making fun of curry, but it was, it was hard because I, I didn't remember because half the time when I started to take my shoes off with my friends that weren't Indian, they'd be like, why are you taking your shoes off awkwardly and leaving them on my porch? Like, it was just very confusing. So I would go back and forth with this. But I found out when I went to Korea in August on a vacation that this is a super common thing in Korea as well. Uh, There were even restaurants I went to where they asked me to take my shoes off at the, like, when you first walk in. So I wonder if this is really just, like, a thing throughout all of Asia. Yeah, maybe. It's possible. So then the next thing is you get long guilt trips for the smallest offenses. This is, <laughs> is this a everyone's parents thing? Did your parents do this? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's my white parents didn't do that. Okay. It was like, if I didn't wash the dishes or pick up after myself, my dad was like, every morning I would get up at 5 a.m. and I would run several miles away from rats the size of dogs and you can't even wash the dishes. I had polio, you know? I just heard like this really long guilt trip that like had nothing to do with washing the dishes. And so I was like, man, I really want to wash the dishes because my dad had polio. It was just really confusing, you know? My parents, they would just ask me to wash the dishes and then I would wash them. Or if I didn't wash them like right after they asked, they'd remind me. And then if I really just didn't do it, then I'd just like get something taken away. Okay, no, it was just the longest guilt trip. So this has got to be an Asian immigrant parent thing. If if the people who wrote this put it down, like it's got to be a thing. It can't just be me who heard I have polio, pick up after yourself, you know? You know what I'm saying? I guess. Rats the size of dogs. He googled it once to show me, and I'm pretty sure one of the photos was just from the Princess Bride rodents of unusual size. (laughs) And I was like, that's not even real. Anyway, so the next thing is you have too many aunties and uncles to count. Quick explanation of this. In Asian countries, we do this thing where we call everyone auntie and uncle, like the mailman and the person at the store. And it really con- is confusing because a lot of people, including myself, get really confused as to who we're related to, especially because I'm mixed. So I have a uh, one white parent who does not make me call everyone auntie and uncle unless they're Indian and one Indian parent who makes me call the Indians auntie and uncle. So living here in America, it was so confusing because honestly, until I was like 15, I thought I was related to every Indian person on the planet. That sounds confusing. I would also think that. I was really shook when I found out that I wasn't related to all these people I'd been calling auntie and uncle this whole time. I was like, wait, so we're not even related? My dad would be like, no, they're from Mumbai. We're from Bengaluru. And I'd be like, what? It was just so, it was, it shook me. And then 
the next one is while everyone else went on real vacations you went to the homeland i have been to india so many times that i didn't even have room in my passport for the stamps anymore like that's how many times like my dad used every vacation as an excuse to go back to india growing up and i got to tell you i have no regrets i am terrified of planes so i guess that's my only regret but <laughs> other than that i love india i know a lot of people really hate this they're like oh man i have to go back to wherever you know wherever my parent is an immigrant of they're like i don't want to do it i don't want to do it and when i was younger i was kind of like that because everyone else would go i went to a rich private school so uh for a brief period of time but when i went there everyone would be like i'm vacationing in the bahamas i'm vacationing in europe and like all these places and i'd be like well i'm going to go to my grandma's house and eat somber and rice all day and watch weird cartoons so like that was about it but everyone thinks that it's such a cool vacation cuz you're going all the way to asia like wow right but really it's just i'm going to my grandma's house and if i don't take my shoes off at the door i don't get curry tm but like i'm just saying it was a whole thing you know what i'm saying yeah sure Okay, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I yeah, said that. Yeah, I don't that. have an Asian immigrant. Yeah, I know. But you're here for perspective <laughs> yes, and I need yes, that, you know? Yes. So, then the next thing is you could get endless help with math and science homework. This feels like a straight up stereotype because it <laughs> because it's specifically Asian immigrant parent and I feel like Asians for the longest time just got typecast as like these people that are really good at math and science and nothing else. And it It's hard because there's so many of us that are artistic and my degree is in English literature, you know, and I'm not good at math and science. So it's annoying to see that stereotype, but all of this being said, and I don't think it's true in a lot of cases. All this being said, my dad was literally an electrical electrical engineering professor in India, so I definitely had a lot of help with science and math homework, but I needed that because I'm so bad at science and math. I'm shattering stereotypes every day. Hey, look at me. I'm terrible at science and math. So the next thing is anyone in your culture who made an impact in America was a household staple. So let me explain this. In America, you know, most people have Americans as like people that they look up to they're like oh that person looks like me that kind of thing right. you know right. representation really does matter you guys it's important to be able to see people like you growing up there were very little mixed people i could look up to and even less that were indian or asian and so representation like in media was just hard to come across we didn't have like crazy rich asians and you know Naomi Scott in Aladdin like we didn't have stuff right. like that. So my biggest representation that I had was Avin Jogia on the show Victorious hey. because he was half Indian half white, but they literally never said in the show that he was half Indian half white. No, they never said his race. No, and most people thought he was Hispanic. So I was even then like, okay, this was disappointing, but poor Avin Jogia. So <laughs> he's awesome by the way, not hating on him. So I don't so my my point of this is a lot of asian immigrant parents when someone of their culture makes an impact in america like americans notice them they become like some like a household staple so the one example i can really think of my entire life is gandhi because though gandhi is not american whatsoever he made an a huge impact throughout the world with his peaceful salt march and 
all the th awesome things he did. I mean, he literally is compared to like Martin Luther King Jr. and people like that, you know, very peaceful figures. And so when you go to the Target nowadays, <laughs> you go to like the girly notebook section and there's like pens and notebooks that are like, be the change you wish to see in the world, Gandhi. You know what I'm saying? It has like Gandhi quotes everywhere. So anytime we saw something like this, my dad was like, get it. Like we have to get it, it has Gandhi. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was just really exciting to see that. And even, this is gonna sound so stupid, but the Big Bang Theory, when there was, you know, an Indian oh, on that yeah, show, yeah. Raj Kutrapali, when he was on that show, my dad was like, we have to watch the Big Bang Theory. We had all these Big Bang Theory, like blankets and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's just a thing, I feel like, cause representation does matter, but it's also super funny that I see like these <laughs> girly notebooks and pens and it's Gandhi quotes. The next thing is, you were told not to date until after grad school. This is so true. I don't want to go to grad school. I don't think I'm going to go to grad school because I'm not good at school. Again, shattering Asian stereotypes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, I don't think I'm going to go to grad school, but my dad definitely growing up was like, you will never date. You have to wait until grad school is over. And then maybe like, it was like, <laughs> you're not allowed. Nope. And then very quickly, my dad gave up on that in high school and was like, you know what, life is whatever. As long as it's a life nice, yeah, he was like, he was like, as long as it's a nice boy, I'm not mad at you, you know? He was like super chill, super nice. I still didn't really date because I'm scared, but like, I don't know, I it was just, it was nice to have a dad who was so supportive. And that's another stereotype I feel like that my dad broke because I do see a lot of really strict Asian immigrant parents who never let their kids date and then their kids are like a little resentful, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my dad was wise enough that he was like, you know what, I'm going to support you. I'm going to be a good dad. I mean, he was always just very supportive. And uh, the last one is instead of having a sweet 16, you had a party whenever your culture decided you were an adult. This is a really good one to end on because I, I don't even know how to begin this story. So in India specifically, I don't know about other Asian countries. I really should do my research. But in India specifically, South India, our version of a sweet 16 is to have a party when a girl first starts her period. What? Yeah. In all of South India, that's the, the It seems part? like it, yeah, at least where I'm from. And I Googled it once and it said generally South India. So oh yes, I think they even do it in some parts of North India. So, my dad literally watched his sister when she first got her period um, have this party where she sat in a throne and they brought her gold and they invited like all these like aunties and uncles reference. And all these people were like, congrats, you got your period. I'm so proud of you. And she was like, what? Like she was so confused. And my dad, I think was a bit traumatized from that. So he was like, I am never making you do that. Like you're not doing it. You're American now completely. So you're gonna do a sweet 16. So I was really thankful that he did this and didn't make me do that party because he's awesome. But then, then he did, he threw me a surprise sweet 16, but my dad happens to be really obsessed with the minions, like from Despicable Me. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. And he threw me a sweet 16 surprise minion party. That sounds very strange. A party for a 16-year-old insecure girl 
with all her friends, and the theme is the minions from Despicable Me. That was literally what the everything was minion when I walked in. It was just the weirdest thing that ever happened in my life. I can't believe no one advised him against this. And it was crazy. I was like, honestly, what's worse, a period party or a minion party? All right, it's a period party. You're right. Okay. You know what? Never mind. That's not even a comparison. But yeah, the minion party was not great. It, but it's super funny to look back on, honestly, that he really threw me this minion party and he got minion goggles and he wore overalls and he was like, welcome. And I was just so confused. That's but, understandable. Right. But I was very thankful I didn't walk in and it was a period party. I will say that. So anyways, this was my uh, podcast today about growing up with an Asian immigrant parent. I would love to hear you guys' experiences. And if this is true for you in different Asian households and parts of Asia. Uh, We really got to come together and celebrate our heritage this month, even though there's like one day left in this month. Um, It was really nice celebrating Asian Pacific Heritage Month and seeing how far we've come as a continent. Um, That being said, Casey and I are going to dip off this podcast and go get some Lunchables trademark. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) it was great talking to you guys and hit me up on my socials. Bye-bye.